Hey, this is Reverend Michael J. Dangler. Today we've got a crossover episode from another podcast that I frequent called the Pagan Gumbo Podcast. Working out of the Magical Druid, a shop that I co-own, we talk about a broad range of pagan topics and have a lot of fun with a larger cast and no road noise. My regular co-hosts of Seamus, Lisa, and Forrest are great to record with and full of knowledge and fun. If you like druids and cars, you'll probably like Pagan Gumbo. Give it a shot wherever good podcasts are found. Now, let's hop in and get to it. Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them. Reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriot Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So, sit back and enjoy Druids. In cars. Going to festivals. So there's this thing (laughs) that you do at the Magical Druid every couple of months, right? Yes. And it's called, make sure that I've got this right, the Oracular Spectacular. Yes, presented by the Woo Woo Crew. So, because that's way more exciting than quarterly oracular, right? It, it, it certainly is. <laughs> I have visions in my mind of people dancing and contorting and that, breathing fire. That's not accurate. No, okay. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> so, what do you do? Uh, well, if if you've heard of save, right? Where yeah. like you go into one person sitting in the high seat uh, goes into trance and seeks answers from spirits um, save I think is more commonly the ancestors but I don't practice save so I'm not super sure on that but you seek answers from the other world and the spirits that dwell there and whatever form they might take from the people who come to this rite who ask questions so what you're doing is not a save, but kind of inspired by the... the yeah, idea. because there's oracular stuff in a whole bunch of cultures. Yeah. So, like, we've got some folks who are Norse, and their practice resembles save more closely. I'm Hellenic, so mine resembles Delphic Oracle more closely. Fumes? No fumes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no fumes. Fumes are bad. Fumes are bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we... we hold these things quarterly and kind of the idea is that the quarterly ones are free and then we're available for like consultations in between those quarterly rights um for people who who have like personal stuff they want to talk about in a in a oracular divination sense um we've also kind of hit the point where not only do we have these rights where we we provide this service to the folk but we're also um finding people who are like you you would be you would be good at this um how would you like to learn how to do it and join the woo woo crew um because there's a there's a group of us in 
not all of us can make it to every quarterly write, but there's always at least a group there who can do it, consisting of um, someone who is the oracle, who sits in the high seat, someone who is the guide, they're the person who makes sure the oracle doesn't go off the deep end and get lost in the other world, and then <laughs> and then the, the warder, who essentially makes sure that um, the folk in the room are safe and that everyone is grounded before they leave. So you, you've essentially got a, a three-person working crew, mm-hmm. um, and then and that, anyone right. from the public who wants to come in can come in and be in a safe space mm-hmm. that is not only practiced but warded and prepared. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that we do um, in hours that not every oracular or safe group does is we, when we go into trance, we take everyone with us up to the gates to the other world, um, and then only the seer crosses that gate. And so everyone can kind of sit in this very light trance um, that it essentially separates out the mundane. So you enter the space and you can focus on just being there, um, which is helpful. But not every oracular group does that. Um, all of ours do. So if you happen to be in Columbus, Ohio, near the Magical Druid, at a time when this is going to take place, um, what would you expect to see? What would you expect to do when you came in to, to one of those rites? So you come in and we head down to the basement. <laughs> and Which then, is good and, and isolated in terms of sound. Well, and it's nice and like cave feeling. It is. Which really lends itself to oracular work. Um, but you go down there and we've got um, a whole bunch of chairs just kind of set up in, in rows typically because normally there's enough people that we don't want to sit in a circle. Um, and then there's a really tall high back chair that has a like a tapestry draped over it. Um, and then a simple altar setup. Um, we do our rites in kind of a very, very loose um, ADF style of yeah. ritual. Um, just because that's what most of us are familiar with and that's how most of us interact with the spirit world. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that that could be modified. Like if if we get more people who join this crew and they have a different pagan background, they may shift the the ritual burrito that yeah. surrounds the actual seeing. Um, but yeah, so it's it's set up as kind of a dimly lit ritual space, um, and folks are invited to sit wherever they feel comfortable. So. Yeah. <clears throat> now, when it comes to questions, what kinds of questions typically get asked? Um, so each of the seers kind of has a specialty, um, which they may not realize they have until someone else points out. I'm apparently really good at finding your random ancestors. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that typically gets asked in nearly every session, but especially the session before Samhain, um, is I'm looking for my Aunt Mary. Uh, I'd like to ask her this thing. And so then the seer will go down and look for Aunt Mary. Um, and when I do it, I, I seek out that spirit and then describe who comes to me and say, is this who you are seeking? Because, like, I'm not just going to tell them random stuff, yeah. right, from some random spirit who <laughs> says they're Aunt Mary. I'm going to try and verify that, yes, 
yes, this is. <laughs> wait, wait, are you saying that sometimes spirits lie? I am saying that sometimes spirits lie. And, and maybe it's the seer's job to make sure that the person is not being lied to? Well, it is the seer's <laughs> job, but it is also the other person. One of the things that we do in our pre-ritual briefing every time is give the not all spirits are, are smart. They might lie. Um, they might tell you things that aren't true. Um, if they tell you anything that involves a major life decision, go get a second opinion. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to do in life anyway. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, like, if someone tells you to move across the country, uh, go ask a few other seers uh, if that's a thing you should actually be doing. Um, so we fully encourage people to get second opinions. But So, yeah, people ask questions about, like, ancestors and... Um, do they have advice on a certain situation, or are they okay? Um, some people are worried about, like, did they cross over successfully kind of stuff. Um, a lot of people ask questions on jobs um, and job seeking. They ask questions about relationships and all the things that that can involve, um, whether you should be in one, shouldn't be in one. Uh, should you have kids? Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can go into relationship questions. It sounds like you get a lot of the same kinds of questions that one would get doing a tarot reading or yeah, going yeah. to a psychic or whatever that might be. And so, in this case, essentially you're, in many ways, fulfilling that particular function for a large group. Yes. I would say one of the significant differences, though, is... Um, and not all of our seers in this in our crew are willing to do this, um, but they will do um, deity horsing or yeah. possession work. So if someone has a question about a specific deity, it's normally deity. Normally it's not anything other than deity. But if someone has a question about a specific deity um, who they are wanting to be in a relationship with or already have a very strong relationship with um, sometimes that deity will be like hey can I just talk to them directly <laughs> um, and so some of the seers are willing to say yes you can use my my body and my voice to talk to them and some of the seers are like nope I'm gonna I will pass your message along but but you're not allowed in sorry yeah um, so it just depends on who the seer is if they're willing to do that as, as we've covered it last season boundaries are good <laughs> boundaries are very good <laughs> um and when when we're working with people who are new right one of the things that you have to teach them and have to make sure they can do is set those boundaries and hold them yes so absolutely so how would someone find out about these and when they are and all of that um well they're typically the friday night before the cross quarter high days um, so, the Friday before Beltane, the Friday before Samhain, the Friday before Lunasa, and the Friday before Immel. Okay. Um, so, that's typically when they are. Um, we're working on getting a better social media presence where we'll actually advertise these things. Shocking, I know. Um, so, that's to come. Okay. <laughs> and if someone wanted to engage one of you personally... Uh, as you mentioned, you know, it's not all the, the public work. Sometimes there's private work involved. Mm -hmm. How would they go about doing that? Do they need to come to one of these first? Or no, they? I, it would be helpful to come to one first. But I think all of us do readings, like, on the side. We, we all are readers in some 
some fashion. Uh, some of the crew have uh, Facebook pages for what they do, and some people like me just have a personal profile where we run that all out of. So. Thank you for talking about the Oracular Spectacular, <laughs> which is, by the way, the best name for it an Orchid group ever. It is the best name. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're interested and you're in town, look them up. If uh, you happen to go to a festival where one of you guys are at. We do um, readings, so. Yeah, so check in and, and see or ask more questions about it. Um, but yeah, find them on social media because hopefully by the time this post... We'll have a social media presence. (laughs) This week's episode is brought to you by the Magical Druid, purveyors of fine ritual tools and quality magical work in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Learn more at MagicalDruid.com. Also, Nui Cobalt Designs, providing talismans, tools, and supplies for the magically minded. Find out more at NuiCobaltDesigns.com. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids in Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.